Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Pod by the Bay. It is the ranked edition of the podcast. Since its inception, December 1st, 1971, when your South Florida Bulls men's basketball team faced off against Stetson, it has been 19,080 days since that day and for the first time in program history your South Florida Bulls are ranked in the AP poll and in the coaches poll first time ever what a freaking time to be alive Steph Stieg welcome into the party it is it's a beautiful day it's a great day (laughs) It'd be a South Florida Bowl. Let's have some fun and yeah. not worry about Saturday. No, no. Why would you worry about that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it was, I think we talked about it on a previous episode that, you know, when would they be ranked? Because it was, you know, uh, I believe I asked, has anybody that's ever been ranked, been left out of the tournament in like modern times? Colin hit me up with somebody. Uh, I think like he, uh, you or you know the you know V team that got left out, but um <clears throat> that was a while back. So it was kind of like if they could get in the top twenty-five, then you feel a lot better about their chances, obviously. Um and the you know, the feeling was if you this was before the last two games, if you went two and oh there, you'd have a chance because you're kind of slowly creeping up. Um and they did it and they beat a really good SMU team, at least according to the metrics, and Never really felt in doubt either. So, you know, that's the other team. All these, <laughs> all these teams that you know, they had a forty percent chance to win that game according to Ken Palm. Uh, same as FAU is a forty percent chance, I believe. Uh, and you had, you know, double digit leads for most of both of those games. So it's it's interesting. I saw I did see one stat where, um, you know, there's another guy named Bart Torvik. That is uh, like Ken Palm esque. Uh, he's got his own numbers, and I think he's got like in the last thirty days or something like that. USF seventh in the country, or something to that effect. So they're really playing really well in this conference stretch. Hopefully, uh, you know this is kind of one of those things where you know don't really care about the early season stuff that may come back to bite them. Just enjoy it now because not only are they right, they clinched a share of the conference championship. Big, big news there. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> frankly, there, there's there's a lot of haters and losers out there. And I say that in jest, and I'm also saying that in all seriousness, too. There are many. Of which there are many. I mean, you you can, you can try to mental gymnastics your way into whatever route of thinking you want at any particular point in sports. Thank God for free thinking. But for a win streak of 13 games, to win 19 of your last 20, to turn the dial completely on its head, you know, from the first six games of the year to where we're at now. I mean, it's an incredible feat one way or another. And it's the first year with a head coach at the helm. I mean, all the praise and all the talk that the media pundits have given USF is very well deserved. You know, there's some people that are going to discredit USF because non-conference strength schedule because of 
the how the scheduling philosophy worked in the AAC this year, where the top, you know, the top teams played each other twice, the bottom teams played each other twice. But let's be real, the coach, all the coaches agreed to that. So if you have fun with it, take it up with your own head coach. <clears throat> but to win at this level consistently and do it at the way that they've done it, which is differently and efficiently, and you know, you win your clunkers, you win, you win by double digits, you win by whatever it takes. You're seeing a lot of grit from this team. And it is so refreshing to finally have people talking University of South Florida Athletics as a whole in a very positive way over the last couple of days. The, the, the little graphic that they showed during the game of the AAC Indoor Track Championship and talking about baseball and talking about softball, talking about every other sport that's going on right now, it's incredible to see. All of this, all of this, just culminate into literally one day, like it did uh, against SMU on Sunday. So I love it. I let the haters and losers just keep on talking themselves in circles. Yeah, I, I'll I'll say this, you know, from the historical perspective, right? Like I've been in the USF fan for over twenty years. Uh, started going to football games when I was ten years old, right? Like if this is um, what this season as just an athletic department has meant to a lot of fans, you know, not just, not just me. And I like, I know we, we give them a lot of crap, but like I literally will, would die for this university and for this athletic program um, to see what they've been able to do. Cause God, man, those first six games, they were terrible and I did not see it coming. I remember sitting at Olivia's cheer competition on December 9th, uh, watching the Florida State game and just being beside myself, like, wow, okay, this was a lot of fun. And then it just kept happening and then ha- it kept happening. And then now you just have like a full fledged, it's just a good basketball team. They're solid. They can do a lot of things. I think like a, a 7 1, like <clears throat> Zach Eady or whatever, is going to eat them alive. That's fine. But they do a lot of fun things. They do, uh, they do a lot of things well. And what this basketball program has done is kind of help take the the department as a whole into the next step. Like, okay, it, when things are going well, this is what this university can be. You already have the AAU status. You have awesome campuses. You have the on-campus stadium coming. You have great facilities elsewhere. You just had this albatross just around your neck for the last 53 years, essentially of just ineptitude, futility. Um, you know, I was texting with a couple of my friends who were Florida state fans and just, we were just kind of talking about the, the just basketball in general, um, what Florida state's kind of gone through. You know, they, they got chipped out of a, probably a pretty special year in that COVID season. I was like, yeah. And he was like, man, you know, this is the peak of USF basketball. Like congrats. I kind of, you know, poking at me i'm like yeah you're, you're probably right they've been so bad for so long and you wrote off a, a 19 of 20 straight like 13 straight games program record second longest winning streak like you're damn right i'm gonna enjoy this and i think um you know in the discord we've kind of harped on it over the last few days like this is what we've always wanted enjoy it don't let the next game be basically the Rutgers game, right? Don't be the don't let the next game be the one that 
ruins it for you. And I think even, you know, more recently than that, that 2015 season for football, we saw a team that, you know, they were terrible for five years. And then they finally started to turn around. And I don't think people really got to enjoy that 2015, 2016 team as much as they probably should have because they were waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that's just USF fans in general just being beaten with ineptitude across the board, not being able to enjoy the moment. This is your time to enjoy this moment. Like this kind of special run doesn't happen often. Ask Florida Gulf Coast. All right. Ask Davidson. Like th- this, this is a special moment that we're in. Enjoy it today. I'll get off my soapbox. No, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> well, I, I think that's fair, especially because, um, you know, I, I think I think we're going to talk about it soon. I I think they have a difficult matchup on the road uh, coming up, so this may be a short-lived uh, in the top 25. Um, but I don't know. They seem to keep <laughs> – I mean, obviously, they just keep winning <laughs> every game we say is a difficult matchup. So maybe they'll just keep it going. It's uh, it's really interesting to kind of see the rise here, and like Steve said, some of the <laughs> uh, the the people that are all of a sudden don't care about head to head. It's well, well, what about all everything else? It's like, well, you did play and you did lose head to head, so I guess that doesn't matter anymore. So we are post head to head. We're in full analytics ball now. It doesn't really matter. The games don't matter. What do the stats say? So listen, I I love advanced analytics. I think it's it's a great way to tell before the games are played how you match up. You know, it's it's a great way to look around at your team and see how they stack up uh, around the country as well. At times, um, <clears throat> if you lose the head to head, just you can't bring that up. You. Our advanced analytics say that our no, it doesn't. Like you lost the game. Like I don't, I don't talk mad about like FAU or Memphis beating us in football because they beat us head head. Why would I try to talk crap about that? But when we beat them in basketball, all of a sudden, oh no no no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just befuddles me at times how fans just do mental gymnastics like this. Some games on the field have to matter at some point. Listen, only one stat matters. W's. All right. (laughs) Everything else is for nerds. Absolutely. And uh, if the nerds are keeping track at home, that's 13 straight wins. Second longest winning streak in the entire country. 19 of 20. Um, I just wanted to kind of do a little um, little historical perspective here. Um, So there's been, I believe, 53 seasons of USF men's basketball. Um, there's been, um, and forgive me, I'm, I'm counting, I, I based it off of Wikipedia cause I wasn't going through the USF history book and trying to, uh, count up all the games played, but Wikipedia seemed right. So I'm going with it. I added in this season's, uh, total. So they've been, they've played in USF history, 1,578 games. They are 711 and 867. They have a winning percentage of just 
a hair over 45%. They've only had 21 winning seasons. I think they've had uh, four 20-plus win seasons. This is the first time that they've won over 20 games in the regular season. I what this is history being made, and I, I, I tweeted out from our uh, Bay Area Examiner um, Twitter account uh, on Monday. Nineteen thousand and eighty days, right? And it's the first time that this program's been ranked. What head coach Amir has done this season is untouched. Like they're build a like we joke, build a freaking statue. All right, this team was an absolute dumpster fire for the last three seasons, and he turned it around in six months. Like you don't do like that's not that's not normal. So it's as we like this does not happen. All right, it just doesn't, especially at USF. This (laughs) this does not happen ever. We're usually the ones that are like, God, why can't this happen to us? And like, we've been waiting for a Florida Gulf Coast type of run. Like, we've been waiting for that for years. And I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that they'll make the NCAA tournament. And frankly, I'm not entirely convinced they're one of the 25 best teams in the country. But they are playing like one right now, and that's what matters right now to the rankings. They 128 points in the AP poll. Uh, they have a pretty good cushion over BYU, I believe it is. Uh, 57 points in the coaches' poll. Uh, 26 and 27 are like in, within six points of them. So it, it, very close voting. Um, but this is a lot of fun. Let's enjoy it. Let's have some fun. Uh, looking ahead to Charlotte on Saturday. Um, they're 17 and 10, 11 and four in the conference. Uh, they've lost two in a row, both on the road. They've been horrific on the road this season, um, but they are twelve and one at home this year. And at Charlotte is is one of the most difficult places to play in this conference. They don't lose. Their last loss was November 29th versus Davidson, eighty five eighty one, and one of Davidson's players went off for thirty points that night. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah, according to uh, our good buddy Ken Palm, they have the 20th ranked home court advantage in college basketball. It's worth about four points than playing at home. Uh, For reference, USF's at three points and 148. So uh, they are really good at home. And we saw, like, they probably should have won the first game between these two teams. Like, that's like, that would be one if you're, if you were a fan of uh, Charlotte and you were kind of, uh, you know, more upset like these other teams that USF soundly beaten. Uh, that was one that I thought USF kind of came in and stole a little bit. So that that's definitely like is if it's a similar kind of game, them being at home, are they going to have that same kind of choke factor that they did in Tampa when it started getting rolling on them a little bit? So that's um, I think that's definitely something that bears watching. Uh, and this will be a difficult game. And then if you win this one. Is this one like lock it up? This one's lock it up. This is this is for the whole shebang. This is for all (laughs) the marbles. (laughs) So you you got them on a they're on a two game losing streak right now, but both on the road. Uh, But 
I mean, we, we saw them. They've got some size and they got some dudes that can play. Like they've got uh, a good guard in Patterson, and then Fake Dirk Milicic is a player, and Deshaun Jackson was a big dude that could move down low. Like they, they've got some good players. Um, they're tough to guard, I think, but you know. This team keeps beating teams. So I, it's not like it's just, you know, 13 in a row. Probably not. Right. Yeah. So it's, it should be a fun game, but I, I would not be shocked if this is the one that you lose and kind of ends the streak. But hey, man, they just keep kind of, this team just consistently uh, beats and surpasses expectation. So. Maybe they'll keep doing it. If hey, if it's if it's gonna be uh, a USF victory, it's gonna be gritty, not pretty. I mean, I, I think I hope everyone's gonna temper expectations and understand everything. I hope people aren't gonna throw in the towel ten minutes into the game. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of teams who have not lived up to expectations, um, women's basketball lost again. They are 16 and 13 in the conference, uh, 16 and 13 overall, 8 and 8 in the conference. Uh, they lost to Tulsa uh, on the road, right? Yeah, on the road, um, mm-hmm. 72 65. I think they were up 21 to 8 after the first quarter. Um, and Steve put into the Discord, wow, where's this team been? And my immediate thought was, I'm just wait. And yeah, we just had to wait. Their next game is Saturday versus Tulane. Um, it is senior night, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. And then they close out at SMU, and then the American Athletic Conference Tournament starts March 9th. Um, chalk it up. Moving on. Uh, baseball. Baseball. That was, that was a fun little weekend for, for your baseballs, man. What? It's, it's, it's a novel concept to schedule a bad team early <laughs> and just like feel Tom good. Lynn. Well to be <laughs> fair, Maris did beat Southern Miss last weekend, wh- who hosted a super regional. So I, I, not I messaged our one of our Bruin guys and I was like, how did this happen? How did they beat Southern Miss? Like this they were egregiously bad. Yeah, pitching. it was not great. Ooh. But hey, confidence builder. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, four games set, uh, run ruled every single game, which is phenomenal. Uh, Sixteen to three, ten nothing, eleven one, and twelve two on Sunday to round out the run rule sweep. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, all of them going seven innings. Um, so the good and the bad. You don't really know what your back end of the bullpen looks like. You you lost eight innings of work for some of these guys. So that is the unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> that's the unfortunate part uh, early in the season uh, as you're trying to figure out your bullpen. Um, but I think they'll, I think they'll survive. Um, they play Florida on Tuesday, uh, Florida state on Tuesday, and then go to central Florida over the weekend. A um, couple big things. Uh, Raphael Bentoncourt, uh, AAC on a roll. He had a seven RBI game on Friday night. Um, Drew Brusher, uh, just kind of, I'm just kind of pointing out some notable stuff that I, I saw kind of going through the stat sheet here. Uh, Drew Brusher, uh, ten walks, 
two strikeouts so far this season. Um, seeing the ball pretty well. Um, I think we all kind of know what my thoughts. Drew Brutcher should not be in Tampa still, um, unless he was drafted by like the Rays or something. And even then, he should be at, at Port Charlotte. Like, glad to have him on the team. He shouldn't be here. He was way too talented, but we'll take him for 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 now. Um, Jackson Mayo hitting the ball, which has been a nice uh, nice surprise um, through six games. He has nine hits, and four of them have been for extra bases. Um, this team is stealing at a pretty high clip so far. Thirteen stolen bases on the season. Um, They've turned nine double plays through six games, which is pretty great. Uh, team ERA of 196. They're batting 306. Uh, and this is basically without Bobby Bozier and Eric Snow hitting the ball. They're, uh, they're both hitting a, either two. Snow's hitting 238. Bozier's hitting 217. And they've been just cruising. Uh, John Montez has been good, um, hitting 421. Rocky Bentoncourt leading the team with a 474 batting average on the season. Um, that's been pretty great. Bryce Archie, USF quarterback. Seth, you and I heard that he throws, you know, he, he'll touch 90 on his fastball. Yeah, I heard he can touch the 90s. He broke up, a, he, he brought out a, a pretty nice little uh, breaking ball uh, on his first strikeout of his collegiate career to get the K, uh, to get things going on Sunday. So, dual sport athlete. How about it? That was fun. That was fun that's to watch. Always, yeah, that's always pretty cool. And hey, it's never bad when your quarterback's a pitcher, too. That's always good stuff. And Tommy Evel yeah. effect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, again, they'll, they'll face up Florida State on the road and then at Central Florida, uh, where they uh, run-ruled Central Florida in the conference tournament last year. Uh, that was the last time that these two teams played each other. Uh, they split the season series last season. Um three to three. So moving on, Steve, I know I skipped something in the rundown, so I'm going to circle back to you right now. We kind of touched upon it. AAC indoor track and field conference champions. Are you kidding me? Yes. No, I'm not kidding you. That, that was a perfect culmination of what Eric Jenkins has been building around this program ever since Michael Kelly hired him a couple of years ago. Uh, for those uninitiated and not in the Discord where I explain this, um, track and field is, uh, is a, it's still a points-based team uh, championship. Right? So your best athletes, you know, the, the Romain Beffers, who won a national championship last year, didn't do anything for the team side of things because at these team events, you're scored based on where you place. So first place gets you 10 points. Second place gets you nine points. Um, trickles all the way down until eighth place, worth it, which is worth one point. And so what you'll see happen is on these Friday events, uh, it's usually just random events that they'll just kind of spurt in there. And then they'll do a lot of qualifiers for the Saturday events. The the big ones you'll hear, the four by 400s and the, you know, one meter, two meters, et cetera, et cetera. And so what ended up happening for USF was they didn't really do that well on Friday. Like they did pretty okay at most of the actual events. Uh, Kobe Babin uh, namely got uh, first place in pole vault. Um, and uh, one of the women um, placed, I think, second in one of the other events. I can't remember which one. 
but they did like okay on on Friday where they're like in six to eight respectively. And then on Saturday, when the teams actually had to run, that's where USF just absolutely cleaned fucking house. Um, the 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 biggest kind of point differentiator was at one point in the two hundred meter hurdle or the two hundred meter event, USF had five of eight guys competing, which means USF was guaranteed the most points no matter what in that event. Oh, and they just so happened to get first, third, fourth, fifth, and then the other guy got to do not start. So uh, they crushed it. They got like 27 points there. As, as a team, they got 166 points uh, for the men's side of things to get first place well ahead of second place. I think they cleared by like 60 points. So just absolutely crushed it at those. Uh, on the women's side, they did really, really well as well. They got third place. Uh, some of the Rice athletes uh, were just absolutely killing it. And then Charlotte, out of nowhere, I think had like five girls placed in the 4,000, or excuse me, the 5,000 meter, and uh, just overtook first place and didn't look back. So overall, phenomenal, phenomenal weekend for uh, Eric Jenkins. And then we still have the outdoor season, baby. We just get to do this all over again in a couple of months where USF is going to trail on Friday and everyone's going to be like, oh, what's going on? And then on Saturday, they're going to win like, eight events and it's going to be wonderful who would have thought that a school in florida would have some fast people well uh for the last up until like 2021 that was not the case um so i distinctly remember and i've talked about it on the pod before uh that was i i just kind of started like starting to take over the blog and so i went to media days with colin and uh, we interviewed Michael Kelly uh, after he got hired. And I asked, I told Colin, I have one question for him. We'll talk about, you can talk about whatever you want, but I have one question for him at the end of the podcast. And it was this, why is the track team not good? We are in the state of Florida. There are plenty of fast people. Why are we not good? And he paused to give a good answer. Basically said, we'll evaluate uh, at the end of the season. Kind of take it from there. Former head coach was gone by the end of that season. Eric Jenkins was in, and the rest has been history. Um, between what women's golf has done, and we'll touch, we'll we'll touch on what they did this week as well uh, at the end here. Uh, but between women's golf and track and field and cross country, to be frank, like those were the three sports that always held USF back, including volleyball, and they've all kind of seen like the the level just rise. And I mean, this is, this is a pretty competent athletic department now. And, um, you know, kudos to Michael Kelly. He, uh, he, you know, rightfully or wrongly caught a lot of crap for a lot of years. Jeff, Jeff Scott, keeping on to, you know, Brian Gregory for too long, the, the godforsaken uh, extensions that everybody got, like this, it was it's you know it's the the Kevin uh, you know meme from the office you know so it's just nice to win one and he's just doing it uh, often so kudos to him um, with the vision there to kind of see things through and I think Eric Jenkins might like may have been his best hire on a on a pound for pound basis of where they had to come from because um, they were just historically bad forever and ever they they were really good at the field events. 
Um, Matthew O'Neill was a six-time All-American, um, but they were never good at running. And it looks like they they figured that part out. That's just shocking. Two, two fun facts. Uh, two dual sport athletes to speak of on the track team. Uh, Art Rowe, goalkeeper for U.S. Open and Soccer. Jaquan Smith was uh, there competing. Don't know if anyone uh, got a sneak peek at that. Um, he didn't. He didn't do well, but it's at the point. He's young. He's young. Yeah, he's young. He's still learning. Doesn't take up a scholarship. Yeah, doesn't take up a scholarship. That's the point. Right, there it is. Um, moving on as we kind of this is a pretty jam packed episode. Um, with all the the fun sports kind of going on, um, softball, pretty good, pretty good weekend. Uh, gave number four ranked Washington a run for their money, lost two to one. Um, Oregon State beat them five one six one, and then they won the final three games of the weekend. Um, they're ten and five. They've won three games in a row. So yeah, they they beat Loyola Chicago two uh, one in eight innings. They uh, shut out Pitt. Shout out Yale, and then they'll host uh, Stetson for a doubleheader on Wednesday. And then, uh, guess what? Another USF tournament, early season tournament, um, hosted hosted by your South Florida Bulls. Um, Louisville, Georgia Southern, Louisville, Central Michigan, and then a doubleheader to close it out with Villanova before kicking off conference play March 8th. Uh, I think Ken Erickson is seven wins away from 1,100 wins in his career. Um, Steve, do we feel like the hitting is going to be fixed, or is this, or is this still going to be a, a work in progress the rest of the year? Um, it's it's getting better. Uh, the the problem is that because of these tournaments, which by the way, the, the they're really reaching for the bottom of the barrel in some of these tournament names. Uh, and the problem is that you're going like five games at a time like over the course of like three days. And so you don't want to like exhaust anyone. You also don't want to like not win either. So you have to like strategically move girls up and down in the lineup, take them in, take them out, take them out early, take, you know, do whatever you do. Um, they started hitting a bit better uh, about midway through that pit game. And then it carried over to the Yale game as well. Um, I think they got, some really, really talented uh, pitchers coming in this past weekend. So hopefully uh, this Stetson series is going to be what the Marist series was for the baseball team. Um, pitching's good. Defense is – this is probably one of the best defensive teams that Ken's ever had. Um, and I'll say that very boldly. And so at this point, it's just can the bats continue to sustain success? And I think they can. Um, I think he's got to experiment with the lineup just a little bit more, but I think he, I think he knows what he needs to do here. Fair enough. Looking forward to it. Um, it's always nice when both of the bat and ball school uh, teams are are doing well. Um, Stieg, men's women's tennis update. Uh, panic season? Question mark. Uh, for the men, um, the men have gotten just the worst of luck right now. Um, they are on a three-game losing skid. All three of them, three, four losses. All three of them dropping the doubles point. Um, which historically, USF has been one of the better teams under Ashley Fisher at the doubles point. Um, 
the the uh, first three four losses against Memphis, who Memphis is one of the hottest teams in in college tennis right now. They've upset many of many of top programs. Um, that was last Friday or the Friday before, excuse me. Um, then they lost to Santa Clara this past Saturday. Uh, Santa Clara is ranked in the uh, the coaching or the uh, ATP poll, and then they lost to Troy uh, later that day. And scheduling wise, I don't know why we continue to do this where they play the two games back to back instead of giving themselves the reprieve because you battle against Santa Clara. You do a lot better against Santa Clara than I thought they were going to do. And then you turn right back around and you have to play a pretty spy Troy team, you know, not even 35 minutes later. Like you're going to be a little bit more tired because the other team's just been rallying for the past like four hours. So I don't know what's going on there. Hopefully they'll be able to write the ship. Uh, this is still one of the more talented teams, and they've got one of those loaded uh, classes in Ashley Fisher's recruiting tenure coming in in the fall. So, you know, I, I think Alvin Tudorica and Eric Gravelius are still two of the best players that tennis has right now. they got to figure out the doubles points, and they should be fine. The women's side, it, it might be panic season again. Come back, Sierra. And, uh, I mean... They need help in, in the worst possible way right now. They need a reprieve in their schedule. Um, again, don't know. I know you want to schedule tough competition. Um, something about traveling to Louisiana for two really good tennis programs and then coming back to walk the number 11 team in the country just doesn't sit right with me for three straight losses. Um, they have some good victories under their belt, um, but overall, you know, they, they're suffering from the same issue. They're going down one nothing after doubles points, and then they're playing well in singles, but not getting four wins in singles, which is asking a lot. So um, they uh, they're playing a tough Michigan State team uh, on Wednesday. So hopefully they'll be able to write this ship a little bit. After that, the schedule starts to ease up a little bit, but you know they've got about a month into a conference play, and they really need to start figuring it out because they've already. They've lost two conference games already. No, just one. They lost to uh, FAU. They beat. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, they lost to FAU and Tulane. They beat North Texas. So, you know, if they want any hope of advancing to a conference championship, they they got to turn that heat back on. Fair, fair. Uh, finally, and we'll round this out, and we'll end this episode. Uh, women's golf. They had a pretty freaking great couple of days of golf. Um, they shot a team record 28 under par. Um, ba- basically shattered the previous record. of So their 54-hole score of 836 shattered the previous record of 852. Melanie Green tied a career and program record with an 8 under 64 in the final round, um, which is pretty great. Uh, so. <laughs> As a team, bull shoot 28 under par. You're thinking, wow, that's super awesome. They've won, right? And then it's the meme of Anakin and Padme. Then, right? No, Kansas freaking shot a 43 under par. USF finishes in fourth place. Oklahoma shot a 37 under par. Wisconsin, 34 under par. Uh, that is some. Phenomenal golf by everybody. Everybody playing. Uh, nobody shot over par on the on the tournament. A last place, uh, UNC Wilmington. 
was three under par for the tournament and that they were dead last. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't, you can't do much better than that. Uh, Melanie Green, 11 under for the, the tournament. Uh, Alizi uh, uh, Vidal, 8 under. Alyssa Montgomery, 6 under. Emma uh, Falcher, uh, 3 under. The four of basically scoring um, rounds of golf. The uprising continues, folks. Okay. What would you give to shoot 11 uh, under? On, what would you give to shoot 11 under in three rounds? Boy, I I would give up like fast food to be able to do that. <laughs> that would be pretty sick, right? It'd be pretty cool. A um, brief golf update. Uh, they're they're playing a midweek tournament in Las uh, near Las Vegas. Uh, they are in third in uh, in their tournament. They're three shots off the lead. Um, nothing really notable. Uh, they're eight under for the day. That's fun. Nice. So not full rounds to go. So not much. Um, Brock Healy and Cooper Smith are in the top ten. Um, yeah, looking at the scores, I see a, a good mixture of, of reds and greens, and then a few uh, blacks in there, which is a uh, blacks and blues. Not as good. Not as good. Those doubles and triples. Yeah, that's that's more my taste. <laughs> Big, big, big doubles and triples guy over here. Oh, big, big time, big time. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness, I'm like, I'm starting to pick up on golf more, and uh, oh, and it's probably like not a good thing for me because now I'm like being much more critical, like whole, and like, I, and you really yeah. wonder like how much wider you can get, and you just add golf to the mix, and boy, how do you are, you're gonna be extra white, brother. Oh my god! I mean, I'm I'm the resident sailing expert at this point. So I don't know if I can get. I, yeah. I don't know if I can get that much wider. You, you, worked, you worked on. I, the I think you guys would. Okay. You guys would murder me if I uh, got I too much more white. Golf oh god! Oh man! All right. And that reminds uh, with, me to check sailing schedule. Um, with that, we're gonna wrap up this episode of Pod by the Bay. Just quickly reminding you that your South Florida Bulls men's basketball team is the 25th ranked team in the country. Don't you forget it. This is a great day in USF history. Always remember February 26, 2024. If you want a place to talk to USF fans about this basketball team, we've got a pretty fun community on Discord. Uh, You can find the link on our Twitter bio. And we've got some other stuff coming out soon, hopefully, that uh, we can share with you guys. But um, we'll also be having that extra weekly podcast on Patreon. So join us there on Patreon. Join us on Discord. Uh, You get the Insider Discord for $5 a month, which is basically everything you get from every other message board. Uh, But uh, sometimes we break news uh, there as well. And uh, you get it for half the cost. So. Uh, if you're on a USF message board, cut your costs in half. Come join us. You'll get the same stuff, and you'll get some of it even sooner. So uh, best value in the game. Absolutely. With that said, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Women's Sailing got fourth in the USF women's team race this past weekend. <laughs>